The offer was serious. As I looked out to the pristine white sand beach from the thatched meeting house with no walls, the chief of this small village in Fiji told me I could choose any of the local girls and marry her and stay with my own hut in this little slice of paradise. I must admit there have been times I've looked back at that moment in my twenties and questioned my choice, but there would have been so many adventures I would have missed in forty years as a radio correspondent. Visiting Cuba with the Pope, huddling with rebels during an uprising in the Philippines, covering half a dozen presidential campaigns, fifteen Academy Award shows, and welcoming in the new millennium with the King of Tonga. As a boy, I always planned to be a lawyer, a Supreme Court justice, actually, but first things first. I was born on New York's Long Island and spent my first five years there before my family moved to Los Angeles. The move was actually because of me. Born with a whole range of birth defects similar to spina bifida, my parents were told I was unlikely to live past childhood. The lesson of never fully trusting doctors took hold early. Pretty much everything below the waist was deformed in some way. My feet pointed the wrong direction, my knees didn't bend, internal organs were messed up, and lower vertebra were missing. Years later, as I reported on abortion rights battles, it would sometimes occur to me that if ultrasound tests had been used in the early 1950s, there was no doubt a well-meaning doctor would have recommended terminating me. Though I learned quickly to get around by pushing a chair or a wagon or anything else that was handy before learning to walk on crutches, my parents worried living in snow and ice in the winters would be too difficult for me. While it wasn't the only reason they decided to move to California, it was the main one. They loaded up their Rambler station wagon with three kids and a dog and headed west. My father had interviews lined up and joined an accounting firm soon after arriving in Los Angeles, where he would become a partner and stay the rest of his working life. Years later, when I lived in New York and Washington and took up skiing, there was some irony, but my parents loved California and hated the cold weather and were always happy they had moved. They grew up in Brooklyn and met as teenagers. My father Milton was a natural athlete, and my mother Carrie first noticed him on the basketball court. Though both were Jewish, neither would end up practicing the religion. My mother's uncle, Mickey Marcus, was in fact a hero in the creation of Israel. A West Point graduate and army colonel, he helped organize and lead the new Israeli army in 1948. His exploits were dramatized in the movie Cast a Giant Shadow with Kirk Douglas, and while my mother tells me he was indeed larger than life, she complains the portrayal of her aunt by Angie Dickinson was completely wrong. My mother was 18 when she married my father, who was 20, and already had been drafted into the army. Neither family was particularly thrilled with the idea, and my mother traveled on her own to Alabama, where my dad was stationed at the time, and they were married by a judge. She swore she could hear my father's knees buckle when the southern judge, who took a liking to her, tried to give them something special, and called his sister over to play some music, and then declared them married in Jesus' name. My dad saw action in France as a medic in the infantry in World War II, and like so many men of his generation, never talked much about it later. He went on to college on the GI Bill and earned both a law degree and an accounting degree. He liked accounting more than law and spent his life as a CPA. He helped people run their businesses and file their taxes, but never let them cheat, even a little. My mother started college, but it would be decades later when she would go back and finish, and then kept earning more degrees, ending up working as a marriage and family counselor. During the war, she worked as a lab technician for the Army, drawing blood from prisoners of war, and my older brother Michael was born when my dad was still overseas. My memories of my first five years in New York are pretty foggy, glimpses, really. I remember a fig tree in front of our house, I remember my mother was upset when I got the measles, and then I got a present that was hidden in the closet when my sister Lori was born when I was three. I remember my first day at kindergarten. Later in life, when I spent time with my nephews and nieces, I remember feeling a little sad to think that the wonderful experiences we had together when they were one and two and three years old might contribute to them in important ways, but like me, when they got older, they probably wouldn't remember any of it.
I was always a busy and active kid and never let anything slow me down. Every parent wants to protect his or her child, not only from getting hurt, but from failure, disappointment, and frustration, and so did mine. I now know how hard it must have been to watch me leap into tasks I shouldn't have been able to do and figure them out as all kids do, by trial and error. For me, that meant a lot of falling down, and I'm so grateful they let me. My mother was chided at times by other parents for not rushing to pick up her handicapped child when I fell, not understanding the extraordinarily valuable gift she was giving me, the confidence to try new things, and the knowledge that if I fell down, it was up to me to figure out a way to get back up.